Hey everybody, welcome to the Mountain Deer Podcast. I'm Rodney Elmer, and I'm here with everybody at Deer Camp. Hi guys. What's up? 2020, you're gonna love it. It's happening. The, the puffer's here. I missed you on all the podcasts, but I know. It's, it's great. I great just, to have him here. I miss Jimmy. A big part of deer hunting or doing anything, because this is the information age, is information, right? And yeah. it's so expensive, especially when you do it the way we do it. You know, we're gathering our intelligence during the season. Yeah. Pretty the, much. We're doing it on the fly. Yeah. We're also doing a lot of it on foot, like walking and finding. And then we're doing a fair amount of it too with the vehicles, looking, you know, and sniffing and circling and <laughs> trying to find access to the woods you know and, and where where you can come and go from so that you have that base of navigation when you start off into who knows where um in the mountains or whatever so um we're, we're doing a lot of those different things and that information is very expensive yeah i when i look at the walls and you see all those deer up there between jimmy's Yours, you guys, is you know all three of you and mine. That is a pile of walking. I, yeah. How many miles is that? Miles. Yeah. Miles and miles. Of you wore out? <laughs> well, it's it's almost a pair of boots a year. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Easy. Yep. And out of the twenty, boy, this is twenty-seven years of coming to Maine for me. So. In the 27 years of coming up here, that's 27 pairs of boots right there. Um, well, if, just, you're a, if you're averaging like something small. Some years you go through two bo boots. You yeah, if you're poking them. Because you go through some of the stuff that you went through this. <laughs> you ended up in be a lucky, chunk of woods yeah. you didn't want. You'd be lucky to with. get out of here without buying a new pair of boots. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, no question. <laughs> and when you're like trying to gather information and you walk through a piece of woods and you're you're finding the garbage woods the good woods yeah. the uh, places where the deer are going and where they're not going and there's so many like square miles of no deer it's it i think one of the things that makes it difficult and expensive and when you in this context the expensive is time mm -hmm. the expense of how long it takes you to gather a good amount of information during the season during the it's, season it's or in the season in early right? season because the woods change dramatically you know, like all of a sudden there'll be a giant clear cut, right? And now the spot that was full of deer last year, you're spending a lot of time to see if they still are in there. And if it turns out that they're not right now, you've spent two days finding out where they're not right now. Yeah. And especially if you have snow, now you're, you had snow, you had good tracking snow, but you like went back there where it was good last year. Now there's no, now there's no deer there. Mm -hmm. So you wasted two days. Well, you think you wasted two days to find where they're not to lose the opportunity. And now you're hunting on old snow to just run around barnyards because yep. they've made so many tracks by day three or day four. And, and of course, as soon as you start getting fussy about which deer you're going to shoot, now you're even more because you're trying to find a deer that was there last year and may or may not be there this year. Yeah. And uh, may be there but not there that day. And you can go in and poke around a little bit and say, oh, I can't find him anywhere. He doesn't seem to exist. Yeah. And then, you know, you come back a week later and there he is. And he's only there for another day, day or two. And then he's gone again. And it's, you can easily blow lots of time. And if you don't have the vast majority of the season, we're really lucky. We got lots of time to hunt. So that makes 
that makes a big difference for us. Yeah, otherwise, I mean, most people would consider the way we're doing it stupid. Asinine. And yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> he had that. He had that term ready. He had it that was, like it was it, in the holster. He's like, Whoa. yeah, here it comes. Yeah. And and for the most part, it's true. I mean, it just I think what are we at now for mileage on a Jeep? Uh, we actually just crossed the because the Jeep only goes to nine 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 nine, then rolls on the trip. To, so meter. on the right. trip meter, so we're I think right now we're twenty two hundred miles. Yeah, so we we've done some driving, um, and seriously, not as much as we've done in the past. Mm-hmm. I right, think, we've done a lot of short trips this year. We, yeah. I usually average three four thousand, and in a few years we've gone six and seven. The years we went to Ontario and stuff. Yeah. It's a long way. Right. It's, it's a lot long. of miles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to fuel efficiency or <laughs> if the price per pound, <laughs> right, right, it's it's not it's not at all. And um, so definitely cheaper to go to the store. Yeah, yeah. At that point, for sure. You know. Um, so how do you make it so that way it costs it costs you less time to get the most information? Well, you don't you don't do it. You do preseason. You know yeah, I mean, you go you like, ahead do, of the season. You you that's scout right. ahead and you hunt a, a same patch of woods and you don't spread out because that's one of the things that that makes us. We're not trying to do this efficiently. We're waking up in the morning and saying, "Hey, where do you guys want to hunt today?" Right? That's not how you do it. No. Right? If we were like, "All right, let's put a map of the area. We're going to start here and do grids. We're going to do a real sweep." Like we were putting on a war against these things. That's you could do this and the way we do it super efficiently. But it's part of the part of the dynamic and the the leaving it open ended, the mystery and just going out there and just kind of doing it and not and not having it be. We're not super super serious about killing a deer. That's you have to put that into context right. beginning right. to start right. with. You know what I mean, Cocoa Puff? What time do we get up? I don't know. We used to get up. <laughs> when well, it was we went pitch, to bed. We used to be in the woods when it's pitch black. Now yeah. lately we're like yeah. <laughs> we'll get up, get up. I think we got we we fired. I know I I started Jimmy's truck around like. Nine ten this morning. You guys, well, you guys. <laughs> it was a rainy day. It's yeah. a rainy this was day. an information day. I'm yeah. not a fan of rainy days. No, Jimmy's yeah. got some bigger glasses because he my, doesn't like looking glasses at glasses. Don't, don't like rainy days. And they just this beat up on it all the time. No, when when we head into logging country, the first information we want is where are they cutting right now, so that we can get out of the way of the trucks, hopefully, mm-hmm. and not you know they be need they feet. need the road, and we try not to be under their feet, but. We're also in the same area, so we we are careful as possible to stay out from underneath them and let them do their thing. Yeah. The other thing is like what what piece of woods did we really like last year that's now gone? Or what? How much? What? What? What changed? <laughs> right. Some what changed the, on some the of them landscape? Cuts. Jeez. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was in one up. today that's a solid hundred acres or more, and and it's flatter than flat. <laughs> last year we tracked. No, the year before last, we tracked Mr. Rogers through there. Yeah, and, and now, now there's no woods. Now there you is. can just sit there on a stump and yeah, look at nothing. Yeah, <laughs> listen to the wind blow, literally. And and I walked across that brand new dirt today, yep. just looking for a track in the in the mud. And there was one two and a half year old that went through early last night in the middle of all that rain in a hundred acre area. There, there's one track like across brand new dirt and it's brand new dirt that takes you 20 minutes or more to walk across it yeah because we had about uh, an inch and a half of rain last night it rained a lot and it it rained all day today too right and i I, I, was it was light but but, you know our first thing is usually like where they logging what's going on uh 
what roads are open or closed. Some roads end up getting closed. They take out the the bridge or they put in rock berms or whatever. Yep. They change and they move from area to area. So the first thing is, like, what's the deal with the logging? What condition are the roads in, um, especially the main roads? To what's get the, into what's where the we're snow going. deal? Yep. Snow has a huge influence because that's, yep. that's the bread and butter of tracking. When know? was the last time it rained? Uh, yep. You know, What's the deal with the weather and how's it affected the land and how much of the woods that we're used to hunting are still there? And we're also looking at like where they cut years ago and how that that area is coming along. So we end up like looking at areas and like a cut, how much the cut has grown and, and, and how where, things are coming. We actually, the way we hunt kind of feels like migratory caribou yeah in a lot of ways you know? it is yeah we're coming in and looking for the best place to feed on the mountains well last year it was kind of good over here and yeah and you know? yeah this year not so hot the brush has grown like crazy uh that the year that you shot roan there that that 222 right that that year was grass yes it was, there was, it was grass, grass huge brown grass in yep. every cut everywhere it was like an ocean of grass i it, i have to admit it's the grassiest year you, i've ever seen you look out in a cut and it looks perfectly smooth and you walk through there and go <laughs> and you're just falling into a hole and you're everything's like, hidden. You're like, what the heck oh yeah, yeah. The, the stumps the, and the rocks the and, and all the tracks from the equipment it was just bony in there and you can't see anything with that grass and that was a year for grass. We just, it was like, wow. And they were in it. Right. This year's old man's beard. Yeah. That's the other thing is like what they're feeding on. Right. It's this like, year was a crazy year for old man's beard. It was on every, even like white birches are covered with it. I, I was looking at some today, the entire tree all the way to the top covered in old man's beard and for it to grow on a perfectly good sound hardwood tree and have tons of it and and this year being so dry that's so weird they didn't want any of the raspberry bushes it's weird it's like because they they, those are so dry oh yeah Yeah. so it's like raspberry bushes were dry it was a drought this summer it was kind of a boomerang we it was cuts were all were really great last year now cuts are not necessarily that great or the older cuts aren't as good the newer ones they have a higher density uh they don't their deer don't have to go as far to get as much of the old man's beard or as much of the really big root systems of the, like the red maples and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the raspberries, they could care less about them. And so like yeah. that information, well, how long did it take us to figure that out? Quite a while. Two weeks yeah. probably. Yeah, we were probably two weeks of really trying to key in and figure out On what the they're eating and what they're right. doing. Because basically the second week we just had six degree weather, so it was hardly, nothing was happening. Well, anyway. that's the other thing about gathering your information is that the conditions for the gathering when it's super dry and the ground's hard as a rock and the deer don't leave any tracks and there's no snow and there's no snow it makes it really tough to figure out what's going on and even how many deer there are like if the population was down a little bit you wouldn't be able to even talk about it you wouldn't know and so basically we pick our days when like today was a rainy day so what we thought was well we we should go to somewhere new because we can go to the old place that we've always been going but it doesn't we're not going to get anything new. We're just going to walk and flip-flop in woods and maybe run into a deer. Or if we go somewhere new, we find some new roads that's kind of close to where we've been hunting. So that way when conditions are good and we need to sweep the roads to look for tracks, it, it will be able to get that information as quickly as possible and maybe save a couple of miles driving the trucks basically. Mm-hmm. Also too, like you'll, you might find a new surprise. 
Yeah. You know, you might find a pocket of does you didn't know about that is close. Because you hadn't been there. Because you hadn't never been there before. So right. the exploring part of it, most a lot of it's easy as a hunter to get stuck in a rut mm. of where you shot a deer last year. Mm-hmm. Or like one road is really good. Um, and sometimes, too, you can get into almost exploring too much. You can go the other way and explore so much that you never really, yeah. you know, end up concentrating on something and For really sure. figuring it out and going to right. it. Right, finding those really important nuggets, right? You can find the general good stuff, but the really good gold nuggets are usually by, down by walking. Mm-hmm. But that takes so much time because you can only walk so many miles in a day and get that information, of course, uh, 100 yards this way or that way could make or break what you learn there as well. Yeah. If your if your parcels of land are small, going to a new area is no big deal. You know, mm-hmm. because you you can do you can do a large sample size relative to the area that you're hunting in. When you have like a really huge diverse area of like terrain and, you know, different kind of forest types and stuff, it's like and you have a small group of guys. Where do I start? You know what I mean? It's like you're you're eating an elephant. You're like, "Well, we'll just right here, right? You got to take a bite somewhere." <laughs> Right. So you just, you kind of, you just kind of have to go for it and then try to get as much data as you can in that day. But also because you're hunting simultaneously, you know, you're not just going to like take off and you're just like "Hmm," making mental notes running through the woods to figure everything out. You still have to hunt, you know, because at any second you can come onto them. That's how it is here. See them before you, they see you. So the, the scouting while you're hunting is a risky part of it, but it makes the hunting more productive when you're not on a deer right then. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you have, if you have conditions that aren't, great for tracking like it's bare ground what are you going to do in an air, a large area with a small a s- small population of deer relative to the size it doesn't make any sense to sit go learn go find good areas and eat regardless of whether you're a sitter still hunter or tracker whatever you want to go find a good area to be in right there's no point finding a spot that you like to sit if there's no deer that's a waste of your time there's right. been the other thing too is like you ha- you're gathering information from the vehicle and you'll be looking at the the landscape. You'll be looking at forest types. You'll be looking for edges. You'll be looking for access, like where you can park and yeah. start in hunting and stuff like that, in and out of the woods and marking those on the GPS. Then there's the boots on the ground part where you're getting out of the truck now. You've picked a chunk of woods to give a try. And, uh, you know, each one of us sort of has different things we look for, for certain. Yeah. Which is like a way you like to walk, woods you like to be in. Well, yep. I know one of the first things that Coco always does is it's roads. And it's like, first thing he did today is like, we're going to learn the roads today. And why is that? Why do you... How many times have you been walking miles and miles in the woods and you pop out on the roads like, where'd this road come from? Right. <laughs> Didn't even know it was here. Well, yeah. it come in from another whole side of the mountain. Yep. And it's good to know if you shoot a deer over there. They'll save a drag. Don't have to drag yeah. it as yeah. far. Yep. Right. Two miles from the rig. Yep. Plus, it makes it easier to explain at the end of the day where you are. Yep. <laughs> it's I the, mean, you I mean, need to know. We, yeah. We've we've got a lot of time into learning the roads where we hunt. It's a. Oh yeah. And you're it's always a, and you're still always learning something. It's new. an ever growing yeah. collection of roads too. Oh yeah. See, like the way the land is parceled off changes because you know they might they're not throwing roads into grids. They're mm-hmm. throwing them where it's easy to build a road, and that yeah. changes the shape and access into whatever land. But you not only is it changing when you look straight down on it, but it also changes the access and elevation too. Mm-hmm. Because you know, way back when we first started coming up here as us boys, and not necessarily you guys, 
there were no roads to the top of really anything. Most of the big mountains, they were they came up to the bottom and that was it. And they hadn't begun cutting higher up in elevation. So all the skid trails and all the actual grubbed in roads, like there's tons of places I'm sure you're thinking of that just you can you can drive right up there now. Yeah, the road network is almost doubled, it's huge. doubled since Jimmy and I started. Which yeah. changes your places you can pick up a track, which changes your options, which mm-hmm. also is a problem. Mm-hmm. Because when you're now, you're spoiled for choice. And to say you spend an hour checking all your snowy back roads and stuff and all your landings, no tracks, mm-hmm. right? Now you kind of like you're picking a spot relative to kind of where you ended up finishing looking at roads and not where it's going to really be the best Mm -hmm. because you have that like i think we all have that kind of i need to get in the woods i don't want to be in the truck right you don't get them in the truck i don't want to be in the truck i want to hunt in the woods right right so you're like anywhere right and you end up like you end up needing kind of a system you need a system because this is in it's a bit hard to tame with the dynamics of where and when and how we do this it's a bit harder than other areas. Like it's hard to explain. You know, back home, yeah. Groton State Forest is Groton State Forest, and those trails haven't changed in a very long time. And even They're if they do, to... it's not drastic. And the right. deer run the same every single year. All so the notches are the same. The woods types are the same. Relatively, the forests don't change that much. Uh, you know, around here, you know you the good spots. A, a forests road. don't change because they don't cut nothing. Yeah, right? seriously, <laughs> oh, they yeah. don't. They're the they complete don't. opposite end of it. Right. So you like you have to figure out the the kind of dynamics for the area that you're in and what the effects that's going to be on how you're going to hunt oh sure i i don't think there's hardly there's very few roads that jimmy and i haven't been in or been on in the 25 27 29 years of coming up here from you know the majority of pittsburgh new hampshire all the way over to 27 and another 30 miles east of that which is probably almost 60 miles across and maybe 40 miles wide you know, mm-hmm. we're talking some, you know, a thousand square miles that we've been on all the roads and kind of seen and, and know a fair amount about them. And even if it was only once or twice and we went out a road, yeah. you know, and what it connects to and how to get in and out on all of that, that that's the fun of, of it, number one, for me. And, and yeah. I know it is for him because we've had a blast yeah. driving around, <laughs> learning the roads. Um, the amount of rainy days Coco and I have driven around in the trucks for Tim teaching me roads. There, but we're gonna go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give it a try, right? And and of course, then when you come up every year, some roads are closed now, and, and yep. you're not open anymore. Yep. Other roads are opened up, or they're about to be opened up. So you get this little bit of dread when you see the the pink ribbons going out, and you know, um, oh, they're gonna slaughter this. Yeah. And yep. then you close your eyes, and then the next year you come back and you go. Oh, and, and it's gone. It's different. Yeah. It's or like, it's you know, not as bad, or they didn't do it. Sometimes well, sometimes they don't cut. A couple of times we've been surprised. Yeah. But usually when you see the big wood, it won't take long. It'll yeah. be gone. Yeah. You go hunt there. Yeah. But it gives you a chance to have things change up. Otherwise, it yeah. might be a little dry. You know, it does change things up some. Yeah. It can be discouraging when you've got a really nice spot and you've had really good luck there. And like that big old you know, four or five, like fire tower there. He, he had what, seven or eight big, huge 10 inch. Oh yeah. 10 inch, he, he tore them apart. Maple and, and ash, signpost rubs. They were huge. And, and he was just hammering those trees. And then one year we drove back and everything's gone. 
Yeah. <laughs> and we went, Whoa. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, and I'm sure deer still using that spot, but mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. And yeah. It, yeah, I'd be curious to see what it actually does to a lot of the wildlife locally when you do take out, you know, a big patch in in an area there, and what kind of effect it has on the. Deer one of the one of the things we see here is it's almost like lowering the water level of water in your pond. Yeah, it pushes all of the animals and all the creatures down into a smaller, denser area, but the stuff they go into. Is denser. Right, because it's they're going to retreat into the woods that don't, doesn't get cut. In the woods that doesn't get cut around here is not a friendly hunting ground. No. Not happy hunting ground. <laughs> not even close. Well, they're woods that got cut a while back, and yeah. now they're in, like, rabbit jail. Right. Oh, yeah. And it's, they're, <laughs> right, they're, wow. they're 20 years into their 100-year cycle. Put your head down yeah. and plow. Yeah. yeah, and they're not people-friendly at all when you, for walking around, when seeing, you were, and shooting. You jumped that doe in your uh, recent video, and you put your hand up, and the two trees are ones at your fingertip and ones at your wrist, and Jimmy's like, I can't even fit through that sideways. He's like, <laughs> we ain't going in there. <laughs> and that, was, and that, that is the case. There's stuff that like. You can't you, hardly you push your way through. through. No, you can't. Yeah, you have to stuff your rifle in it and push all the trees sideways yeah. and put yourself in the hole in order to even get started. Yeah, it's some like that jungle stuff. Yeah, there's some really. Oh, it starts boy. to get three, four inches big and it's eight inches apart. You ain't getting through. Yeah, just wicked. I've been in so many places I had to throw it in reverse because it's like you can't get through. <laughs> Locking <laughs> the hubs and burn out of there. It oh, yeah. saved a lot of deer, and it's changed what deer do. Yep. Because probably Things you've seen, you've seen the, the deer and their attitude and no, how sure. they how they do things have probably changed dramatically. When we first started coming up, it was nothing to see a, a big, huge uh, buck with three or four doe out in a big, giant hardwoods. Yeah. And they would blow at you and run some. And then Some. stop and look back, and then boingity boingity boing, and run off a little bit and blow and blow <laughs> and just doink the doink. And now it's nothing but a blur, and they're not looking back, and they hardly put their tail up, and they yeah. run like crazy, and they've been hunted pretty hard and been right after them. So things have changed. The dynamics have changed, and in, in the deer themselves, much less the the way we go about it and Mm-mm. the number of people that are going about it um there when we first started coming up there wasn't very many wasn't too many people and uh there was a good medium amount of deer and then the deer herd grew pretty big um and there was lots of people hunting it was nothing to follow that 35 normal, trucks normal prey predator kind of thing yep it was nothing to follow 35 trucks out into the woods you know or we'd be over in pittsburgh and you know six or eight trucks would drive by us as we were getting ready to go out you know yeah um so it was it was normal to see lots of hunters and then lately especially like up to about 10 years ago when they had some really bad winters up here and the herd crashed quite a bit it was tough they had two real back-to-back bad winters and uh, i think uh, maine's department of fish and wildlife had lost a couple million dollars worth of license sales because everybody's like Maine's terrible and they lost a lot really? of deer and in the last 10 years or so it's come back around it's bounced a little bit and it's doing a lot better yeah. and i know there's a lot of deer down where you guys live oh, um up here there's never really a lot of deer it's just it's there's never going to be a lot of deer up here but yeah you guys get a lot down by the coast and and that's you know that's the way it goes but um, overall, the number of hunters that are up here is medium small, and the, their ages are getting older. 
Yeah. There's very few young guys like yourselves up here. So basically your your success is going to come down to the amount of work you want to put into it. A mm-hmm. lot of guys you see the trail cameras are big right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the Bluetooth, you oh, there's a bucket. He's over my food plot right now. Sweet. And you can see it all. And, of course, that's all. St- we don't really do that a lot, mostly because we're two and a half hours. Uh, we're at least two and a half hours yeah. away from where we hunt. So it's kind of hard to do that on a uh, on a daily basis. It's not, it's not convenient <laughs> no. to do a lot of like at non hunting season stuff with your you know cameras and checking stuff out and scouting and all that stuff. And I think what two years ago you guys came up just for fun, like on an October That's day. That's pretty rare. Super yeah. rare. And it was mostly just to see, hey, what are the woods like? You want to go? Want to go up? Check the woods? Sure. Yeah. It was just like a spur of the moment thing. Right. You know, if you if you want to be super efficient and like have it all all your ducks in a row and make you know and It'll, it will pay it, it will pay off it'll yeah. pay off in the actual like getting a deer oh yeah it will it makes because if you the most amount of information you can have prior to putting your boots on the ground and the most that you can collect in a short period of time is going to speed it up one of the mm-hmm. things that we do is once you find out the type of woods that the feed or the deer that you're seeing are in now you say you take that back to your maps you mm-hmm. take that back to like google earth or whatever and you check that spot out and you you look for you know you look for similarities across the landscape and you say well this area this area this area this area all look pretty good so now yeah. we've just taken that wider area and shrunken it down to these specific spots and you go look for a consistency in those spots and you can say well is that is this actually a thing? Was it a fluke or is this a right. pattern? Just like bass fishing. Right? Exactly. You develop a pattern. You shrink the lake as much as you can into exactly. a few spots. You figure out and you figure out what works and then start applying it and looking for those same circumstances that fit everywhere else. That's right. Which may not last long because the weather changes, the snow melts, the rut. right? The rut, um, yep. uh, hunter pressure, the woods are gone. I mean, there's tons of things, weather, there's tons of things that just come along and, Myself, I I like to be able to fly by the seat of my pants and figure it out and do the best I can. Mm. But that comes at a price, and you'll probably go without deer more often than not. Mm-hmm. And especially as soon as you start getting fussy, you're going to go without them even more. Yeah, you know? and and that's that's because the other thing too is the approach to deer season being a bit more of a vacation and not something like you want to like you want to go get one right and if you want to go get one, you turn it on, you go get it done. But you know if you take if the majority of your season is spent pretty relaxed. You know, it's, it'll cost you. That's right. Yep. If you if you don't decide and you don't pick and you don't get super specific and focus and put energy into it, most of the time you you end up with nothing. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the, that's kind of like the rule of life in general. Right. You know, Fa- and that uh, that definitely applies to deer hunting as well. Failure to plan is a plan to fail kind of thing. But right. and you got to give her some, you know, and you can't let up and staying keeping you, this place beats you down mentally. These weather conditions anywhere do. I yes, think. Yeah. this this has been a, a tough mental season and keeping yourself together and and just staying focused and just giving it all you got while you can and doing your best. I mean, you have to measure your hunting season by how hard you worked at it. Right, not by effort. Your success. Yeah, by it, effort. It does because in, in ultimately, you know, that's really where those miles start adding up when you've got all <laughs> them bucks, yeah. you know, and you say, man, I I I walked for six weeks straight. You know, the year I shot the coyote buck, right? All 
season. That was an entire six weeks of walking and looking and going yep. and going and going. Wow. And November first to the middle of December, the man. last day, bang. You know, so it's yep. like, man, you do the best you can with what you got always. Yep. And just because you get didn't get a deer doesn't mean you didn't hunt hard and didn't mean you really give yep. it some. And it, then and it is what it is. You know, you do yeah. the best. Weren't you that can the year you let one a two hundred pounder go on the first day? Yeah, that was the. He year. really milked that season. <laughs> <laughs> that was day one, baby. I know, no, yeah. and that's our problem, dude. We ha- we kind of don't want to shoot one on the first week, right? Because you, you love hunting so much. If you, yeah. a lot of times you pass and, and this, you're not getting one. This year, yeah. this year, our best, our best week, I think, was the first week. Yeah, we had snow first day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we had one day there. We had five buck going. Yeah, between all of us, we had five buck going all at once. It was a great week. Yeah, yeah. that was a really good week. You know, Fred, yeah. Fred definitely on the biggest, and then you and I were on a real scorcher too. Um, you know, so you you're, you'll get those times when everything like three or four really good days where everything lines up, and then you got to have a big one. Yeah, and finding a big huge track when everybody else is trying to do the same exact thing not easy to do. Well, you and can, then it's got to be fresh enough, and it can't be antique. And it's got to stop. It's got to slow down. No, you got to be able to catch them. Right? Yeah, you can't it, be ten miles behind. That's our yeah. problem. A lot of times is by the second week they're they're just running around crazy, and it's like they never lay down. Literally cannot. They eat. They eat and walk. Eat and walk, and then they run some more you, like, you can have the biggest track in the world and if that thing's 20 minutes ahead of you and it doesn't stop you're never gonna see that thing it's i don't four. care if you run after it mm-hmm. you're even if he's walking i mean you just you don't catch the buggers and sometimes it feels funny to go really fast because you're thinking i'm just gonna blow it but and you might <laughs> and you might and you might yeah, and you, you have might. to take that chance because if you don't meet him yeah, it ain't happening mean. anyway and sometimes you can tell when you're going to meet him, and sometimes you can't. Sometimes it's better to jump him and know it's fresh than go the whole time and think it is. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. we, like this year, we, we get going, you and I, and he goes to a barnyard. We circle the barnyard and find him leaving, and it is the original track that he made early. We did a loop. To the Jeep. We did a loop. We did an entire day dead loop and came back, back to the, to the Jeep where we started. spot where we picked it up. And he was That's so exactly mad. why I don't like antique tracks. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it wasn't all that antique when we started. No. And we somehow lost and got it screwed up in this huge barnyard and found the track exiting. What we yeah. thought was exiting, yeah. and it wasn't, mm-hmm. and it made that giant loop all the way out. And we were three-eighths of a mile out past the Jeep. We, we go away from the Jeep, through the barnyard, downhill half a mile or more, and then on an angle, another three-eighths of a mile behind the Jeep. And we're thinking, he's just leaving now. Now he's headed west, and he's just leaving. And then he just does this 180. And I said to Taylor, oh, no. <laughs> and he's pointed at the Jeep. And I'm like, this isn't good. Now, sometimes we they got do the, that, and it's not a dead loop, right? right you, yeah. you still can't let up. No. Now, everything's melting like crazy, and we can't tell. It's, it, everything's just rotting. Yeah, the snow but is But this headed. is him, and now he's headed for the Jeep. And we're getting closer <laughs> and closer, and we go across the clear cut. And I said, oh, we you We get bugger. to the spruces, and he's like, it's right. 
We are three. We're three clear cuts away from the G. It was so And he funny. turns and goes right for it. And I'm like, you bugger. And he goes a little farther, a little farther. And as I'm going, I'm getting more and more confirmation that we're going the wrong way. We're behind. And then we end up right at the Jeep. And it's like totally disgusted. We're spent. We spent the whole day. We're done. Yep. And we can't do anything about it. It was almost like, thank you for taking the buck tour of this nice plot of land. Right? <laughs> it was like, and you'll, your exit's to the left. Like, it, was, it just felt like a tour of that small block right. of woods. Now, we've got like a 35 minutes left. Yeah. So we say, well, let's now take the vehicle and see if he left this block of woods, which we can only check three sides. Right. But we walked across the fourth side. So... Odds are good, and we jump in the Jeep, we drive all the way around, and that bugger's still in there. <laughs> right? He didn't come out of that block of woods. No. He's in there somewhere, nope. and it's dark, and we got to leave, and the snow's rotting so fast, even as we're leaving, it's bye-bye, right. and we're done. Yeah, and it, and like, just, yeah, it just it eats at you. And we that information about that deer, we learned a lot about him and where he hangs out, what he does, and all that stuff. But it's moot now. Totally moot. And right. unless we get snow and we happen to go back to that road, uh, right? And it was an expensive day. Well, it really burn was. Burn yard, slow you down. And if sometimes you take that track and you didn't completely finish the barn yard and you got to go with your gut. Sometimes yep. it ain't right. Sometimes it is. And yeah. it costs you when you're wrong. It's like when they go out. When they've gone out and back on their tracks, it's like, do you finish it, or did he do this another time? And you're you're making Is decisions. That, yeah, you're, you gotta go with what you think, and right. sometimes it ain't right. 50, sometimes 50. it is. Roll the dice. Yeah, what it is. And the more you roll the dice, the more likely you are to win. But you're also gonna lose a pretty fair amount, probably most of the time. So yeah. it's like you got to be willing to. Take the chance. Just take a chance, go for it, and yeah. sometimes it's it's a waste. And when you take in a whole day and just kind of thrown it away, and you get back to the rig and you say, "Oh well." Sometimes you've done that's the way it goes. You've done all of your work ahead of time, and you've got it right down to a T. And then you get in your stand or whatever, and he doesn't show. Right. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many other factors. The problem is, you still we still rely really heavily on what the deer is going to do. Right, like you said, if he's walking and he doesn't stop, you're not going to catch him. Yeah. If he doesn't come in to the spot that you're at, you're not going to get him. I don't like, care how committed you are. It's <laughs> you. Yeah. You're still like he still has to come and meet you halfway. Something's got to work gotta, and make a mistake. That's right. You got to see him before he sees you, or mm-hmm. at least be in a spot where you can do something about it. Hopefully, he stopped, laid down, or he's eaten and. The wind is not... The wind's not going the wrong way. Right. <laughs> you have some luck on your side and he just happens to double back or yeah. cross back over his own track fresh. Good timing for you, bad timing for him. Right. Yeah. The and, more, and even then, he's got you got to meet him in a spot yeah. where he's kind of screwed too. Yes. And a lot of times, they're not. You're more screwed. often than not, they're not. They're in, they, do, they pick the spots they go to for a reason, right? Because they feel safe and comfortable, and this is what has worked well for them. Especially, and sometimes it's just luck. It, that bugger's just lucky. He happened to be behind that tree just the right amount, so he could see you and you couldn't see him. Five seconds can change a lot of That's things. That's right. You know, and if you'd have waited 30 30 seconds or even and he steps out and there he is and bang yeah. 
you know, and you're always making decisions. Do I go faster? Do I go slower? Do I take this track? Do I take that track? It's nonstop decision making. And if you don't like to make decisions, yeah. track it may not be for you're you. You're looking because to it's the gonna, left when he's standing on the right. Yeah. And you're moving. He's not. And that that's one of the things that I think is is kind of almost like freeing about, you know, having a spot and staying there. But on, uh, but on the same token, it's probably not. Because whenever I sit, there's a little voice in the back of my head that goes, I should be in that spot over there. In the wrong spot. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's the same. Like, I could be right around the corner over yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, what if we just like, you know what I mean? We'll just, just go over there. You're like, shut right. up. <laughs> I know. And it's like you have, to, you have to commit, but you can't stay stuck to that as well. If something's not working, there's probably a reason why. Right and mm-hmm. and doing some kind of investigation as to why that is, you know, if you if you pick a spot and you never see a deer and they never come down to you, you might want to figure that out. This entire conversation might make you want to think that you have to think your way through all of this, and sometimes that thinking is what screws you up. Right. You know, you yes. start intellectualizing and turning this deer into some kind of brain brainiac, right? And he's just out wandering, doing what he's deer do. Most of them wandering. don't know you're behind them. No, they're they just don't out have a, a clue. They're not setting up this plan for you. They're just the booby out. traps, <laughs> right? They're he's just gonna get wandering. his eye poked on this stick. <laughs> It, it's just the way it is, you know, and, and like you can overthink of it all. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you've thought yourself into a corner and you don't even want to go out anymore. And, and like the spontaneousness of what hunting should be is lost. And you don't want to lose that. You want to keep that because that's really good. Which is what we kind of want to, it to yeah. be about, which is why we don't do all the preseason stuff that a lot of other guys do. is because it's nice for it to be like, it just worked out, man. I just, Spontaneous. It's just weird. Yep. And when it does, it feels really good. Same thing. I don't use cameras. Yeah. Right. Well, I don't want to see that next right. deer. Right. I don't. Want, I like looking at pictures. I like looking at other people's pictures, but I don't want to see the deer that I'm going to get. That's right. You did. You actually tried doing some cameras on your property, though, and you got a yeah. you got a nice spot. Your yours a yardy kind of area. There's always oh. deer in your neck of the woods. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't want to lay claim to a deer that I have not laid my hands on. Mm-hmm. That's my deer. I've got pictures of him when he was a baby to when he's 20 years <laughs> yeah. old. And it's like, no, yeah, it's, it's, I, it's I not find, mine. It's I find myself deer. doing that with tracks, though. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, that's the track. If there's something there like, he if is. there's something that, that stands out, like the deer that you and I were tracking that had blood in his track, dad was like, there he is. Right? And he that's didn't want him. anybody else but that buck. He's like, that's the one that got away. I want that one. And you spent a lot of days on that buck trying to find that buck and get him and it costed you a lot of time oh yeah and that's that's part of the gamble you never know you could have gotten it might have been right it's opportunity cost right it is op that's actually a really good way to put it it's opportunity cost all it is that's a good way to put it because paid for it you could go after him or you go after another deer it's Mm -hmm. the same i could do this choices this business venture which is that's all it is it's all everything is oh yeah and and i've Tracy and I start in on him and we go a little bit and you know you'll get to see this video where him and I are starting to track this crazy Ivan deer and we're going along and we're developing a relationship with this deer you know mm-hmm. the way he acts wondering what he, what he does, looks like and all wondering that. what he's like <laughs> and, and we're looking he's, he's got a cool track it's really a different track I've never seen one like that and as we're going along and I'm explaining and talking and he's like why is this thing just randomly walking through nowhere 
this is nowhere where we are right now. This is nowhere. I'm like, yes, it is nowhere. <laughs> yeah, and, welcome and this to year, Mirkwood. Yeah, he yeah. is walking through this nowhere. And I understand it looks stupid, and I don't know why he is walking through this nowhere, but we're going to just go with it. Maybe then, we'll find out. And then he, he gave us all the clues, and it was the first time, and it was fresh, and everything's cool. And he jumps up in front of us, and I'm like, there he is right there. And he goes, kaboom, 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 down through. And I couldn't I couldn't get the camera on anywhere near fast enough. And, and kind of expecting, but that time of year they don't usually lay down too much and this one happened it was to start, and he had to lay down in a beautiful spot and we were screwed I mean, laid and down right on his track yeah he I, didn't do nothing to warn you and when then when they go bouncing off he he he, he did warn us but it was like 400 yards yeah, so you're like, maybe Before, he won't. And I'm like, maybe. But he had done it way, way back, halfway through the day. He had done a, oh, maybe I ought to take a break kind of walk. And he pulled up underneath a little roof, and he stood there for a second. And I said, mm, maybe something's going on here. Fed a little bit, and then went back to just being a buck. Yeah. He said, nope, this ain't it. Let's just keep trucking. And then he did another little pull-up, and another little short pull-up. And I said, hmm, maybe. But, boy, this is a terrible spot for him to lay down. It's windy, and it's just not – it doesn't feel right, you know. And you can tell the buck didn't feel right. Then takes right off like normal, goes about 400 yards, and parks. And, like, we just couldn't see that coming, you know, after especially 400 yards. Yeah. And just comes to a park, and now he jumps up, and off he goes. And, and – Tracy's like, oh, <laughs> and there it goes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. So I guess we're back to falling. <laughs> yep. Yep. And it was a great, great thing. And to develop that little legend in relationship, of, in relationship with that buck is cool. And I, I like that part. And I don't really want to know every little thing about him. I want to discover it as we go. And like then when when he's finally laying there it's like ah there's the dragon there's there's a little bit of magic that happens when you just go for it and it just goes clink yes and it all just works out right the run run buck was great it was it was a magical it was just like it was almost like stupid how it worked out it was just like these are all the things you hear about wow right (laughs) Right. my god the legends and the stories and the songs all came together that day you know that that really dusty book that dad and all of his friends wrote yeah you know it's all true (laughs) sometimes things are just meant to be and you gotta go with it yep Yep. sometimes you can't mess it up with your gut we like to let the story unfold a lot of times it it makes it more makes it more enjoyable at a cost that's it right. costs you, and it costs you time and gaining all the information in order to, because as the season starts ticking away, you start trying to make it happen more and more and more and more. And by then, it's like you—if you were going to do that, you should have started at the beginning of the season. Yeah. If you're going to go at it with "let's get this done," start from day one and hammer all the way through. Right. You know, because like if you—if you're like me, half, and then like now three quarters. 80% of the season's over, and you're like, ah, right? And it's like rushing the night before a paper was due when you were a kid. That It can get you by. It can get you by. But, it's, it's but there's not, a better way. Yeah. There is some satisfaction to all of a sudden going, well, we have to get this done, like Coyote Buck, mm-hmm. like that day, and you're like, right. oh, I don't really want it. And you're looking at it, you're like, it's, it's a good deer, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Dad, we got like five hours left, dog. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, let's go. And you're, we're like, okay, we decided to make it happen. Called the shots, worked out, and it clicked. And it was like, yeah. it was great. And it, listen to the little voices you have. Yeah. That's a good idea. And I was like, we got to go in the woods today. Okay. It's raining. Yeah. And it's going to rain more. I can see the clouds coming. And like, okay, let's go poke around. Hey, poke, poke, poke. And then all of a sudden you're into it. 
Yeah. You, you're just doing it and you're doing what you always do. You got to go for it. And then all of a sudden, boom, there's a weasel and he's boingy to boingy boing and looking yeah. at me and then I'm filming him and then away he goes, you know? And I'm like, yeah. oh, that was cool. And yeah. then up the hill, what do we got over here? And oh, and it's some sign. And, oh, next thing you know, oh, dear. Oh, right there. Oh, yeah. yeah. We've, it, we've learned a lot in the last 48 hours just by taking a few rainy days to kind of be chill and just do some boots on the ground and do mm -hmm. some road work and kind of just learn learn some more and then when the weather gets right now we apply all the stuff that we did on our kind of more relaxed days and our info days and now you when you have opportunity you hammer if you have good weather good conditions and everything's right timing go get it done don't yeah. mess around. Then when he's hanging on the wall, you're going to look at that thing and you're going to say, wow, you know how hard I worked for that thing. Uh -huh. <laughs> Satisfaction. <laughs> it yeah. is. Yep. It like is. the day and Cocoa then, Puff gets his 200. Not to yeah. mention the days that you didn't work hard. Yeah. And you say, that one, that was a gift. It was a magic. It just stood there. Rodney gets another gift from God. We're driving down the. We're driving down that little uh, spur road that we took today. And I was like, I'm just looking out the window. And I, was, I thought it because we're we're converting all of our old hunting tapes to digital so we can use them on YouTube and stuff. And I thought of the tote road and I thought of Donnell cause we just put the video out with Donnell that we just did dragon Logan's deer and Donnell going, they, they just stand there and wait for you to shoot them. It's sickening. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and we both laughed about it for a long time. We were just like, you know, and, and that's what it was that day, that horrendous, one of your best scoring deer. 130 inch deer just, just stood there and went, huh? huh? And, and just pow. looked at me from a skid road 15 minutes before Way dark, back when. down in the woods, just standing there staring at me, just an idiot. Let me <laughs> shoot him, you know? And when they come along and it's a gift, well, I walked a billion miles. Yeah. I, I earned that deer this year. That's your dividends, right? right? Yeah. So it's yeah. like when they, when a gift does come along, you want to take, take it. it because that's really, you know, it's, yep. it's nice to have one stand there for once and have it go easy. And it won't do that all the time. But when it does, you want it to, that's Sorry. for sure. It doesn't that's happen all the time for some, some people. people. <laughs> <laughs> Coco and I are like, nah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You well, just... If you, you like what you're doing, you're going to give us some. Yeah. Go out there, enjoy the hunt either way. You guys will make it happen. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. Um, if you have any questions, suggestions for future topics and stuff, you can send those over to our podcast, email A-S-K-M-T-N-D-E-E-R at gmail.com. And you can always reach out to us on YouTube and watch all all Cocoa Bus videos. <laughs> world, world famous on Instagram yeah. and all that jazz and uh, looking forward to the rest of the deer season we still have plenty of time left we still have weather coming Casey said there's snow coming so that's very exciting we're gonna need it yep from all of us here at Deer Camp 2020 moving into muzzleloader season about halfway through it happy hunting guys congratulations all you guys who got them great job keep it up yep have fun happy hunting <laughs> <laughs> See ya. So long. Bye bye.